Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. We've been running with giants the last four weeks. This is the last Sunday. I, I think I could do one every Sunday. I, I've enjoyed this myself. I don't know about you. We did Abraham, Mary, and, and the Roman soldier, last Tim, last Sunday. Uh, did a great message you know, today. And guess what? We're going to go after Jesus today. How many of y'all running with Jesus? Me too. But I, I, the Holy Spirit just kind of quickened me on some things uh, uh, to, to run with Jesus about, to remind you to pick up. How many of you know that uh, you ever, anybody ever had stuff fall out of their pocket? You know, you, you, you got to go back and pick it up. And so there's some things that maybe you need to go back and pick up today. And I know what you're thinking. Jesus is perfect. He is. But that makes him our greatest example. He's perfect. Guess what? Everything he said was perfect. Everything he did was perfect. So he's our example. And I'll show you that in the Word today too. But uh, we want to be like Jesus. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all want to be like Jesus? I want to be like Jesus. Well, I'm going to push you today. I'm going to push you to be like Jesus. How many of you know, how many of y'all, if you had children, how many of you know you had to push them to crawl? You had to push them to walk. You got to push them to potty train. Because if you don't, especially boys, they leave a diaper on until they're 30. You got to potty train them. You got to make them. You got to come up with ideas, you know. And, and my, my grandsons like to go in the bushes. I'm just glad they're going. You know, I, I'm tired of changing diapers, you know. So, you know, they, they, they want to go. You, and so we need to be pushed to follow Jesus with all our heart Amen. and everything that he has for us. So Jesus is our example today. And Hebrews 12, 1 is our foundation scripture. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is seated at the right hand because his work is finished. Ours is not. He's empowered us. And we'll look at that today. And you know, I got, as I was reading that, I got a vision. If I'm running and I pass the baton, Abraham passed the baton to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob and Esau. Huh? And they passed the baton all the way down to Jesus, all the way down to us. And so we're passing the baton. We got to run with it. And you know what? Our children are so important to pour in our children and our grandchildren because we need to pass the baton to them. And we need to encourage them to live for Jesus. I don't care if you hadn't got any kids. You can pour into them. Pray over them. Bless them. Every time you shake a kid's hand, every time you put your hand on them, you're believing that the Spirit of God on you is going in them. Come on, that's different thinking. I want to change your thinking today. We think like the world thinks too much. That's right. Well, all these kids, they're just going, it's just getting worse and worse. The schools are just terrible. Uh-uh. Quit praying that. That's a prayer. Look at the prayers that are working on that hurricane. The rain, it's strange. The rain hadn't even hit the ground. What's going on? Because it's prayer. Come on, let's change the prayer instead of, that's the worst, you know, it's the worst storm. It's the, oh, oh, it's the worst this, it's the worst that. No more, we're the blessed this and the blessed that. Come on, and we've got to change our thinking, and we're going to be like Jesus. So Acts 10, 37 and 38 in the message, 
And I said, this is, this is Jesus. You know the story of what happened in Judea. It began in Galilee after John preached a total life change. He, repeat, he, he preached repentance. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to to do all this because God was with him. Isn't that good? Well, God was with Jesus. That's just great. Yeah, we've, and people preach that. I grew up in a church that, that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that Jesus wants you uh, to repent. And, and, and like John the Baptist said, repent and be baptized, get saved, and, and stay clean. Repent and repent and repent. And that's why I said, I, I wore out my, re, my rededicator because that's all they taught. They didn't teach about being anointed by God to do good, being anointed by God to destroy the works of the devil in my life and others. They never taught me that. Well, that's what we're teaching today. Jesus not only was empowered by God, but the Word says in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So we have the greater one on the inside of us. Another scripture says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, how much power is that, lives on the inside of us. And so we have to get fired up. We've got to change our thinking that we're not doomed and we're not in despair. We're not in agony, but we're overcomers. Amen. Amen. So, so we're going to look at this. Uh, number one, I, I've got to say Jesus is our Savior. Number one, Jesus is our Savior. Number one, Jesus is our Savior. He has saved us and he will continue to save us. How about that? Lahoma said, you know, something came on her. And here it is. And so, you know what? Jesus is our Savior now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. There's a curse in the earth, if you hadn't noticed. There's germs in here floating around that make you sick. But thank God we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Huh? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law, sickness and disease. Jesus bore that curse. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You ought to be able to quote that like me because I'm not reading it. Amen. But how about 17? You've got to love 17. For God did not send his son into the world to beat you over the head and tell you how ugly and bad you are. But that he, but that the world through him might be saved. How many of you know that we need a savior? Everybody knows they need a savior. Even though, even though the motorcycle guy riding down the road said, God's my judge. He needs a savior because God is his judge. But we got to present Jesus as the Savior. Amen? Amen. Titus 3, 4. That's in the New Testament, in case you didn't know. It's all the way close to the back. <laughs> but when the kindness of the love of God, our Savior toward men, appeared, the kindness and the love of God, that's Jesus. That's he appeared, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He saved us by his mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is step into what Jesus has done. And how do you step in that? You change your thinking. That I'm no good. I'm not good enough. It's not about you being good or you being good enough. It's about Jesus was good and he was good enough. Okay, he's the perfect one and he's our champion. I always use sports illustrations. You know, whoever won the championship, 
The people watching on TV are jumping up and down. We won, we won. And they've never even been on the field. They weren't even there in person. Guess what? I wasn't there in person when Jesus died on the cross, but he died for me. Come on, he died for me, and I believe it, and I have received it, and I'm a champion because he is. He paid for me to be a champion. 2 Timothy 1.10, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the good news. Come on, Jesus brought, he abolished death. I know physical death's still here, but that's the last enemy that's going to be put under our feet. But he abolished spiritual death. Because when I pass out of here, if you know something happens, you know, and I'm not paying attention, and I have a car wreck and die tomorrow, I'm I'm going to be dancing in glory. I'm not. It's not over for me. Come on, it's not over. We win. We win even in death. Glory be to God. First Corinthians 15: Victory even in death. Glory, glory. So let's go to number two, because I, I got, got a lot to share this morning. I'm going a little fast, but hang on. You ought to know Jesus is Savior, right? So number two, Jesus is the overcomer. He is many things, but the Holy Spirit said, remind you that he's the overcomer. He's overcame. He's your overcomer. John 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. Smile at somebody. I don't feel like smiling. We'll work it up anyway. You fake everything else. Come on. Come on. You know, you come in with your church face on. You know half the time it's fake. Because you had an argument on the way in or the kids threw up in the back seat. And you know, all right. I'm just faking. Everybody does. But you know what? That's why you fake it till you make it. You go ahead and get your smile. You keep it on all day, all the time. And the devil will tell you, well, you know it's bad. Smile at him. You a liar. <laughs> devil, you a liar. Come on, Come on, that's how you do this thing. Oh, well, Paul said to leap for joy on purpose. Amen. When you're feeling down and out, just get up and leap for joy. Amen. Shout for joy. Amen. Hey, I know you think, well, what will people think? Then get off in the woods. Go somewhere and get your joy. Amen. Huh? You got to go somewhere and get it, get in the closet and do this right here. You know, whoo, ain't nothing wrong with the Holy Ghost dance, is it? You got to get your joy and you got to keep it because the devil's come to steal it. And if he steals your joy, then he's got your strength. That's what the word says. But we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it helps us to overcome. First John 3, 8. And this is a little bit different translation than what they've got. It says, the one who practices sin is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this reason, the Son of God was revealed in order to destroy the works of the devil. How many know Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? Now, hold on on this scripture. If you read in the King James, that's why I read it in a different translation. It's a little bit confusing because say, he's, he's, he who sins, but it's he who practices sins. Listen. I, I sin, folks. I still miss the mark, but I'm not doing it on purpose. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? I don't sin on purpose. When I sin on purpose, then I'm out there and I'm in trouble. But people who practice sin, I mean, you know, you the remember, remember back in the day, I, I never did, but in, back in the day, just in the, <laughs> back in the day when somebody said, hey, we're going to have a party. Who's bringing the beer? We're adding sin unto sin. 
Who's going to do this? Where are we going? Whose house are we going to? You know, you're practicing it. You know, that's why I say, I can drive an 18-wheeler. I have before, but I am not a professional. I don't practice driving one. You don't want to be on the road if you see me an 18-wheeler, especially if I had to back it up. Huh? I haven't practiced it. I am not a practitioner of sin, and neither are you. Men? So we want to, we with all our heart, to quit sinning and to start practicing righteousness and doing what's right. Now, Jesus went about doing good. Remember that. I love that translation right there. He destroyed the works of the devil. Okay? Number three, Jesus is the healer. I'm reminding you of that. Because one of the biggest things that attacks us right now in this era and this time is sickness and disease. It's out there. Sickness and disease. Allergies. Man, the stuff we eat, the junk we eat. What one preacher said, if you knew what was in the water, you wouldn't even take a bath, much less drink it. That's right. Well, you got to get your faith out there. We got to get our faith out there to believe God's our healer and what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, what we walk in. I've walked in mud and muck and, and, and swamp and everything else, and, but God's our healer. That's right. Even though we walk through this world full of, of the curse, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And John 13, 12, look what Jesus did. Remember, he's the perfect one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Matthew 8, 8, 16. I quote this all the time, but this is a New Living Translation. It says, that evening, evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases, Isaiah 53. It don't just happen. You got to change your thinking. You got to change your heart. You got to build your faith. And you got to be a believer that Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Is Bones still in here or did he leave? He left. Gentleman came today and he's an alcoholic. He came to the church. I need people to lay hands on me today. Tomorrow I'm going to detox. But I want to be free. My ankle's broke. I got some kind of knot on my face I need y'all to pray for. He started needing everything that was bad. Well, I didn't say, well, wait a minute. Give us about an hour and a half pray. Let me get ready. Well, I don't have to get ready. Jesus is always ready, and he lives on the inside of me, and he's the deliverer, and he's the healer, and he's ready. So they came, got me, said, this man wants you to come pray for him. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't think that, but I have before. I'm not ready. What? How am I going? I can't deliver anybody, but the Jesus on the inside of me can. He's present. You ever read the scripture where the, that Jesus was ministering and they dropped the man down through the roof and the Bible says that the Spirit of God was present to heal. Well, it's always present to heal. We just got to get in agreement with it. He's, he's always present to deliver. We just got to get in agreement about it. I said, sir, let's step outside on the sidewalk. We're going to pray for you. God's going to minister to you today. And we laid hands on him and I 
knew when the Holy Spirit came on him. But before I said something, I said, that alcohol is coming out of you right now in the name of Jesus. And we lay there and we were praying and all of a sudden I said, that's the Holy Spirit came on you. And he began to weep. It is. It's God all over me. Well, God's the same. He's present in you the same way. It's not that I'm special. I've just practiced this for a while. It's not because I'm a pastor or a preacher that I, that I it's because I practiced this for a while. I prayed for people. I prayed for people and didn't see anything happen. I prayed for people and I don't know what happened, but it's something big happened. And I prayed for people because I practice praying. And I always pray for people whether I'm preaching or not. I wasn't preaching. I wasn't didn't have some great anointing on me to lay hands on him. We're just going to pray for him and go after it. To destroy the works of the devil. And you know, I really broke it off of him. I said, you know what? Even the things that you've done to yourself, God still wants to take care of it. He does, even when we do stupid stuff. He's bigger than our stupidity. He's bigger than our failures and our weaknesses. He's greater. And quit blaming him for stuff that you've done and quit blaming him for stuff that the curse that's in the earth. When Christ has redeemed us and you go after redemption, quit declaring this. I started off the service. The curse is not greater than the redemption. Jesus' redemption is greater than any curse. Amen. And God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Some of you thinking, I don't have a way anymore. That's a lie. God will make a way and a greater way than you've ever had before. Amen. Come on, you better catch that. Right. You want a greater way? You need to grab it. I want a greater way. Amen. I want more money. I need more money. That's a greater way. I need, a, I need peace at my job. It's a greater way. God wants to do greater ways. In your life. That's part of, of, of healing and deliverance. Change of thinking. You can't be Eeyore and receive from God. Well, it's my birthday. Ain't nobody going to give me nothing anyway. That's what I'm talking about. Being negative all the time. Well, I brush my teeth. My breath still going to stink anyway. Come on. We just, you know. I'm going in, I'll bet my check ain't there. They always short my check, you know, and this and that. And the other. You've got it. That's not faith. That's faith in the negative. You can't be Eeyore. You've got to change your confession. God is my strength, my source, my healer, my deliverer. Mm. So he took our sickness and removed our diseases. You agree with that? Say amen. amen. Say, oh me, but I'm getting there. If you, don't, if you don't quite have that, you need to get there, and you've got to feed yourself. You know, we, we, we're, we're, you know, we're adding on to the church. Plans are just about there. We're going to bid it out. But we've been, people have been giving us books for the library because we've got a library, and Larry was going through the books, and he found this, and I'm just, just being led here. It's a pocket book, a spirit-filled pocket book with all kinds of scriptures. And, man, there's all kinds of healing scriptures in here. That's why we got to be studying. Yes, sir. This is the promises. Amen. You know, here, let me, let me help you. When you read the Bible, read the promises. Just don't read the he beget, you know, that one and this one beget that one. I know you might get some good stuff out of that, but no. Go after the promises till you get, <laughs> then you can go into that. You know, a lot of times we just read like I did when I was in, you know, Sunday school. 
I'd read it so fast I couldn't remember any of it. But I'd get, give him my star. You know, I invited five people. You don't come to church, 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 you don't come to church. Five, give me my star. Huh? No, this is life. This is real life. It's not about uh, uh, just works. It's about the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God rests on the Word of God, and you need to know the promises of God. Amen? And live by the promises that Christ is the healer. He's our deliverer. And, and the Word of God is full of 3,000 promises. But I'd say take one a week. Number four, I'm reminding you Jesus is a servant. My goodness. Let that sit on you a minute. John 13, 12. So when he had washed their feet, are you kidding me? He washed their feet. He took his shirt off. He got down with a towel and he washed their feet. He taken his garments and he sat down again. He said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher. You call me Lord. And you say, well, for so I am your teacher and your Lord. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Got quiet, didn't it? Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. Who is sent? Jesus was sent by the Father. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Did it make Jesus any less of a Savior, any less of the Son of God, any less of a Master, any less of a teacher to wash His disciples' feet? No. It didn't make Him less at all. He was a servant. He's an example. It didn't change who He was on the inside. You can call me a big stupid head, but it don't change who I know who I am on the inside. We ought to know who we are, then we serve from who we are. And you know what? Some people will trample your pearls, the Bible said, under their feet. You try to help them, and they'll trample the pearls under their feet. But we learn, and we move forward. Because the Bible says don't give your pearls to a swine. But it does say help the poor. It's a balance, isn't it? There's a balance. We want to be servants, and we want to be wise with what God puts in our hands. And we want to give it to the people who need it and the people who are hungry for it. There's a key. The man showed up because he was hungry for deliverance. You can find somebody walking on the side of the road, and they're not hungry for deliverance, and they'll cuss you out and chew you out because you're trying to help them. Just give me the money and shut up. Just trying to help you. We're called to be servants. Commercial break. We need everybody to serve. Everybody in our church, we want everybody to serve. Because I'm going to tell you how important it is. Let me find it. Let me look. Let me look. 
Oh, it's gone. I had a, 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 a bottle of water. But the Bible says to give somebody a cup of water in just the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. How hard is it to serve? It's not. If you can do this, he's all right. He's, he's trying to tell y'all, somebody needs to serve. He needs serving. But we do. We have people in the nursery. We need people greeting. We need people smiling. We need people shaking hands. We need people helping one another. And we are a church. Man, that is the testimony. The church is awesome. It needs to, we need to maintain it. We need to maintain it. Why, why are we doing fusion in the park? We're supporting that because we want to help people. We want to be a, a, a light, and we want to stir other in the community. This thing has grown and grown and grown, and we're pushing it, aren't we, to grow. Matter of fact, you want to serve, show up Wednesday night at the Moose Lodge. They're going to pack. You say, well, I didn't sign up. Well, the sign-up was for T-shirts. We need bodies to pack and people to serve, whether you got a T-shirt on or not, right? But we, we help and we're going to help another church. They're painting the schools. Hey, we're praying over them, partnering with them. Want to be a blessing to them. Well, aren't they in our competition? No, we're in the kingdom of God together. Not everybody likes me, so that's why God has a bunch of preachers in town. Not everybody likes them. That's why you're here. I mean, you know, I flip through the channel and watch preachers, and I'm like, well, I don't like him, and I can change the channel. I don't gripe and complain, and you'll never hear me who, who, say who I don't like. It's not my place. They may bring deliverance to you. Hallelujah. I'm not in competition with them. I'm not. It's about God ministering to all of us, and, and there are different people who set to minister, and they minister in different ways because people are different. Just because somebody's like, not like you don't mean God can't use them. If we're all thumbs, we're not getting anywhere. We need fingers and thumbs. We need a body. We need feet. We need mouthpieces. We need eyes. We need ears. Some of us need hair. It's all right. But we need a full body, and we need the armpit. I know it's terrible, but hey. Because somebody said, well, I'm just a little toe. I'm not very valuable. Let me take a hammer to your little toe and see how valuable it is. Woo! Anybody ever stubbed their little toe and went out sideways and come back? Golly, tell you how valuable it is. You're important. When you're not here, you're missed. And I went after all these things, and God has called us to, he's a servant. Look in John 13, 34. It says, A new commandment I give to you to love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples and, that, and, and if you love one another. You know, I've had people in the community come because we're a part of fusion. They come and they, but bankers and different ones say, man, what y'all are doing is changing this community. We have the community's attention. Our church has the community's attention. God is back in what we do. God's on our side because we're trying to be servants. We're trying to love people. We're trying to bring healing to people. We're trying to bring deliverance to people. With that being said, 
And I, I got another point. But with that being said, on Monday nights, we have a legacy life recovery group that's getting phenomenal. Woo! And so people are coming and, 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 and you know, just one or two are drifting in, but God's changing lives. And, and it's, it's, it, what is it, what, uh, it's getting gooder and gooder. My wife's over there giving me the eye now. It's getting better and better. It's getting better every time. And so we want it to be the best because we want to see people set free. And everybody told that guy, hey, you need to come Monday night. Well, he's going in the hospital. But there are people who are hurting, people who are hungry, and we want to have, we've got uh, marriage classes, we've got divorce classes, we've got healing classes, we've got deliverance classes. We want to be a church. You know what, how many times people come in here on Tuesday for prayer and they say, man, this church is a hospital, this church is a reservoir, this church is a sanctuary. That's what we want. Amen. Amen. It's not that, that, that we just want to grow with people. We want to disciple people. We want to see people set free so they can set somebody else free. So let's go to number, let's go, what number are we on? Number five. Well, I'm going to read Acts 10, 38 in the King James again. It says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God was with Jesus. God's with you. So number five, the church today is Jesus. We are Jesus. So that's different thinking. You got to quit thinking about how weak you are, what, what, what you don't have, the power you don't have, the abilities that you don't have. Where we are weak, he is strong. You just got to step up. You know where you got to be strong at is you got to have some boldness to say, okay, I want to pray with you. And your mind and your body, your mind go, ah, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Jesus is Lord is enough. But as you start, God will give you what to say. He said, don't worry about what you say when you stand before people. He said, go, go stand and get ready to say it. So we are, the church is Jesus. Say, I'm Jesus. I'm his representative. Hoo-wee. You've been about getting weighed down a little bit. Don't get weighed down. Get a little higher. Because he's got your back. <laughs> if we was going to divide up and choose sides to play some kind of game, how many of you are going to pick somebody that's weak or pick somebody that's strong? You always pick the strong one, don't you? Well, guess what? Jesus is the strong one who picked you. He picked you. He called you. He picked you. He selected you. He knew that you would be born in this time, and he sent the Holy Spirit to empower you. He chose you. You've been chosen. Don't make me go to the Scriptures. Everything is just right in chapter 1 of Colossians. You've been chosen. You've been picked. You've been selected. Some of y'all feel like you left out. Jesus hasn't left you out. You're left out up here. And so let's look. Let's just let's make it easy. Let's, how do we do this? 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this way, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That's the phrase, as he is, so are we. As, say it with me, as he is, so are 
so are we. Everything Jesus did, so are you. You just haven't stepped out and done it. <laughs> Come on. Use it on yourself, then start walking it in it for everybody else. 1 Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. That's not preachers. That's us. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ before time began. Amen. Now, I don't care where you work. You've got a holy calling from God. I don't care what your job is. You're called to represent Jesus. You're called to do Bible study for yourself and for others. Think about it. Meditate on it. How about dream big just for a minute for God? Let's just stop and dream big for a minute for God. And don't say pastor won't let you do it. Because you hadn't asked. But what about you out of your house? What does God want you to do? Have you thought about it? But are you in the category, well, I, I, I could never do that. I, I, I can't never could do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But even to say, you know what, I don't know if I'm ready yet, but you know what, I think I can gather up a crowd, and you know I think Tim can come on uh, 1030 and teach a Bible lesson for me. Come on, come on, he said. He's waiting on you to invite him. He's, he kind of his lip poked out because nobody's invited him. <laughs> come on, we've been called. We've got to dream big. Ephesians 1, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Listen to what this says. Are you ready? That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. I mean, change your thinking. How you see things. That you may know what the hope of his calling is for you. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? We're the saints. We have an inheritance. And we're supposed to be walking in our inheritance right now with God. And our inheritance doesn't come when we get to heaven. There is no sickness. There ain't no devil in heaven, as they say. There ain't no devil in heaven. Devil's right here, and we need that inheritance right now to come against the devil. Amen? Amen. I need to kick his teeth in, and so do you. And so look, what is this, and, and the inheritance, 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Are you a believer? Yes. Then there's exceeding greatness of his power, exceeding great power towards you. According to the working of his mighty power. His mighty power is giving you power. Amen. Come on, we got to think, wait a minute. The power of God's on the inside of me. When I lay hands on him, I didn't feel like the power of God, but I got the power of God in me. I walk in it all the time. So do you. You have the ability to walk in the power of God. You were created to house the Spirit of God. Never was taught this growing up. 
Just try to do better. Just try to do good. 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 And the devil said, you ain't no good. You ain't no good. You're not any good. You know what you did. You're not any good. He's a liar. And then I, got to, I started to learn how to walk in the power of God to keep myself. And to help others to keep themselves. God has empowered us. So the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. He's seated because his work is finished, and this is why. He's seated above principalities, power, that's, re, that's de- demons, religion, uh, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And look at verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church. Say, I'm the church. Say, I'm the church. So I'm the head of all things. Now, so wait a minute. If you're in charge of the weather, what you going to do? <laughs> That's crazy thinking, Pastor. Well, it's time to start thinking crazy because we're in the last days and the weather's going to get crazy. What about all those crazy people out there? Well, you need to start taking charge of them. You're in control. What? Start binding the devil over those people. We don't have authority over people, but we have authority over the devil that uses those people. You never heard on, on TV where the devil, you know, robbed the 7-Eleven or, or Circle K. It's somebody being used by the devil. So bind the devil. All power has been given to the church. And look who the church is which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We're the body in the earth. We're the body. He's the head, and he should be directing us. It's different thinking. Well, just whatever the weather is is what it is, and, you know, we just got to live in it. No. You know what? God's called people to be intercessors, to pray over the weather. How about that? Because we need good weather to preach the gospel. Huh? How many of you know people don't come to church when it rains? Snows? Weather? I'm going to go and, and stand on the corner and, and uh, God's leading me to witness, but wait a minute, it's raining. Oh, man, am I going to miss an opportunity? No, God will give you another opportunity. But take authority in your life. I'm just trying to push you a little bit. I know it's crazy to talk about the weather, but still we have authority over weather. Jesus did. He walked on the water. Huh? He calmed the storm. We don't even think like that. He healed the sick, the man with palsy. His hands came, grew back. He full use. Man, I know I've had faith failures, but don't, don't live in the failure. We live in the victory. So look at the bottom of your sheet. You got A, B, C, D. It's time to declare Jesus a Savior, not only for yourself, but over others. Are you hearing me? Mark 16, 15 said that, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
You better start with your kids and you better start with your grandkids. You need to teach them how to read the Word. You need to teach them how to, and you need to read the Word to them. You need to pray over them. You need to declare over them. Preach the gospel to them. And he who believes is baptized should be saved. He who has not believed will be condemned. Guess what? They're condemned already. But we got to start practicing. You practice with your own kids and then you minister to other kids because guess what? Your kids and grandkids are going to bring friends over. And you need the presence of God in your house. And they'll want to come to your house. And they'll talk to you about stuff that, that they're going through. I've had it. I've seen it. My daughter's friends came and they all piled up. And one of them's mom had cancer and they prayed and talked about that. And then they talked about freshmen. Freshman girls felt like they had to sleep with boys to get a boyfriend. Eh, wrong answer. I want to get up and do a dance and like y'all crazy. And I'm talking seven or eight girls all had the same thinking. Stupidity. You don't sell your soul for nobody, for nothing. But you don't know what those kids are going through, what they've seen, what they've read, what they've been told. And you want to be a place where somebody will come and talk to you like that. Because Jesus is the Savior, and we represent Jesus as Savior. B, be an overcomer. We have to be overcomers because our children need to see somebody overcoming. Our grandkids need to see, and then our friends need to see somebody overcoming. And the people that are unsaved need to see somebody overcoming, knowing that you've been through hell and back, and you're still overcoming, and you're still serving God, and you still you have the victory. What is it? Test into a testimony. The devil's going to test your metal. That's right. But he's defeated. We win. Amen. So we need to be an overcomer. 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. F-A-I-T-H. Who is he who overcomes the world? Is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe, Ephesians, that Jesus is the Son of God, seated at the right hand of God, then you have to believe that he's empowered you to live in this life, to represent him in this earth, Amen. to be an overcomer and to help others overcome, to pull people up on their feet so they can stand up and they can overcome and help somebody else overcome. Amen. God's not into addition. He's into multiplication. If Peter will help somebody deliver somebody, and Becky will help deliver somebody, and Tim helps, and then this, and, and everybody, we would double to next Sunday if you, if you delivered somebody this week. Huh? And taught them how to be an overcomer and how to be a witness and a light, and that God's empowered you, that he's given you the Holy Spirit. Woo! That's what we're supposed to do. Whether they ever come here or not, that's, that's all right. We, we're supposed to be deliverers. We're supposed to be overcomers. We're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to deliver it with love and kindness. There's all kinds of excuses. Remember Jesus walking with everybody, and the Holy Spirit led him, and he goes to the pool of Bethesda. And he said, sir, will you be healed? I ain't got anybody put me in the water. Excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. You ever heard that one? That's an old song. And no excuse. Will you be way well? Well, you know, if I had hair, I would. And it got nothing to do with it. If the, if the sun was shining, I, I, I'd be delivered if the sun was shining. It got anything to do with it. Excuses. Make up your mind. I serve the Most High God. And I'm going to represent Him. 
and I want to represent him well. You see, that's what keeps me. It's because I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for God, and then I, I serve you well because I serve God well. Because I love him. And yeah, I get spit on, stabbed. Someone, somebody asked me, man, people stab you in the back all the time. I said, I ain't doing it for them. Doing it for God. And we serve a mighty God, and we're doing it for him. That's what, that's, that's, he's, he's our purpose. He's our life. And we do life with him, for him. And I don't care why, where you work, we're doing life with him and for him. So 1 John 4, 4, I've already quoted, you are God, little children, overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. Greater is he that's in you. Say, I've got the greater one in me. I don't know about y'all, but I got the greater one in me. But you do too. But that's how you show it up. You say it. Greater is he that's in me. And the devil's going to say, well, you don't look very great. Doesn't matter how I look. Doesn't matter how I look. You know, I make fun because my hair is receding and all that stuff. So I tell you, like I told the youth, they used to pick on me, you know, your hair, this and that. Well, Elijah was walking into town one day, and all the kids lined up and said, ball-headed man, ball-headed man, ball-headed. And two bears came and ate him. I said, y'all better watch it. (laughs) Because it don't matter. It don't matter with God. Come on. We serve a mighty God. C is pray for the sick. Come on, it's time to step out there. I don't care if you're sick. Matter of fact, it works better. <laughs> pray for the sick. It's different thinking. Well, man, they're going through a hard time. That's the wrong prayer. It sure looks bad for them. That's the wrong prayer. I declare that Jesus bore their sickness and infirmities. I declare, Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus is their healer, that he went about doing good, doing good, doing good. Amen. Really, when, when you know, that, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Praying for the sick is a good thing. Amen. Don't pray for the people and then walk out, oh, it looks bad. Ah. Do you know how many people I prayed for? And then I walk out and they say, well, that's bad. They don't receive. Sometimes you got to just talk to people a little bit and give them some word to stand on. Can you give them a scripture? It's not even my opinion. This is what God says. Because I'm representing God. Let me tell you what he said. You know what? You know, let, let me read the scripture. And, and so, so pray for the sick, Mark 16, 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Anybody believe in here? Hey, hey, hey. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Why don't we don't want to talk about the devil? Well, you better talk about him. You better take authority over him. You go to a third world country and you see demons manifest. You don't hear because the first time they manifest, they put you on medication. That's true. We're in America. We have medicine for everything. But there is a devil. And he is not greater than God. As a matter of fact, they're not even fighting. God wiggled his little finger and sent Satan back down. Jesus has empowered us. Jesus came as a man. Laid down his deity. 
I know he was perfect, but he laid down his deity and walked in the earth as a man, full of God, being led by God, said nothing but what God said, walked as God in the earth, and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So when you see the oppression of the devil, recognize it. It's the devil. Boy, it looks bad at that school. No, it's the devil. You need to bind it. Quit talking about what you see and talk about what you want to be. If you've been following it on Facebook or got the sheet on we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer, we've got seven left. We've been praying some stuff that people don't think about. If you read them, let's pray that our schools will be changed. Instead of how bad they are and how many drugs are there and this and that and the other, how poor the kids are, let's pray that the thinking of our children will be changed. Let's pray over our politicians, not how stupid they are, not how dumb they are, not about how wrong you know, they're doing, but let's pray that they make godly choices, that righteousness would prevail in their mind. See, we're, we're trying to change. Uh, we want to change this area. We want to change this state. We've got to pray. Not talk about how bad it is or how, what it is. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. What you want, you've got to call it into being. That's prayer. Now, calling what you see is, you're just, you, that's faith in the natural. Well, it looks bad. Looks bad, looks bad, looks bad. So we need to pray for the sick. Verse 18, they'll, they'll, they'll take up serpents. That's demons again. They'll drink deadly things. They'll... Uh, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Didn't say preachers, it said believers. Say, so I'm a believer, and I lay hands on people, and they get well. That's a good confession. My kids get sick, I lay hands on them, and they get well. My kids get sick, I lay hands on them. My grandkids get sick. That's, I'm talking, this is your confession. I lay hands on my neighbor, they get well. Anybody who comes in my house, they get well. Anybody's house I go in, they get well. We lay hands on the sick. Let me show you how to lay hands on somebody. I know it's real hard. I just laid hands on him. He didn't know it, but he got it. That's right. I received it. Huh? You know, you ain't got to, ah! You ain't got to do all that. That's a show. I want no show. I want the real thing. I want what's in, 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 in somebody's heart. Huh? I want God to be real. Amen. So we need to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. D. Be a servant. And I did Acts 10.38 again. And let me read it this way. You know the story of what happened and Jesus came from Galilee and Nazareth. Listen. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by the Holy Ghost, ready for action. Action, 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 action. He went through the country helping people. We all start, and we need to start by doing good. Helping somebody. Helping people. Then he stepped into healing everyone that was beaten down by the devil. So how do you do this? Do good. Do good. Do good. Be kind. You know, there's a scripture that says, be kind to one another. Be kind. 
Love one another. That's doing good. Can't stand them people. That's not doing good. Do good. Do good. What do servants do? They do good. It's easy to be a servant. You just don't do good. Bake some cookies. Take some Kool-Aid out there to somebody mowing the yard. Stop and buy them a Coke. Hey, man, I bought you this. Wow. Who are you? Man, just a servant of God. Do good. Do good. Do good. Do good. How hard is that? It's not hard at all. Oh, it's going to take about five minutes of your time, ten minutes of your day. Do good. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How many of you are like me that you thought back in past that people that spoke into your life and you gave God the glory for it because they gave you godly wisdom? They were somebody. How about your favorite teacher? How you know God sent your favorite teacher because they were able to pour into you. They made you feel special. How about you being that? How about you being somebody's favorite person? You ever thought about that? Being somebody's favorite person because God's in you. They're going to love you because of God's on the inside of you. They're going to want to hang out with you. How many of y'all have been to Miss Shirley's house? If you hadn't ever been to Miss Shirley's, you need to go to Miss Shirley's house. Peace of God's there because she prays. She believes God for peace. She believes God for the things of God. And so, she's not special. Yes, she is. She's special because God's in her. And she pursues him with all her heart and all her might and all her strength. When are we going to do that? When are we going to be the servant that God's called us to be? I ain't trying to beat you up. I'm trying to push you. Because God doesn't beat us up. But he says, come on, run with me. Come on, let's go pray for somebody. Come on, let's go. I was driving down the road with a buddy of mine, and we were young, man, just, just stirred up, and we wanted to do something for God. And we thought, man, just Lord, use us, Lord. And we had it on the radio, and, and, and back, back, you know, for Internet, okay? Huh? And we was listening to the radio preaching. And the preacher was on there, stopped and said, you say, use me, use me. You say, Lord, use me. That's what we were just saying. Our mouth dropped open, and he said, the Lord said, step out. I'll use you. And that's what the Lord's saying to you. Step out. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. God will take care of you. God will help you. So bow your heads. Father, we just thank you for the word today, that you stir our hearts, Lord God, to do great and mighty things on your behalf. Thank you, Father, that you spoke to hearts today and stir them. But let me ask you, to start this, this life, if you don't know Jesus, you need to accept him as Lord and Savior today. Is that you? Will you accept him? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you accepted him? Will you raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brad. I need to accept Jesus. So let's all pray this together. Say, Father, today I come to accept you as Lord and Savior. I come and ask to renew my heart. Forgive me of my sins. To take me in. Be a part of your family. Thank you for power. Thank you for the anointing. 
that destroys the yoke of the devil over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.